Hi there, welcome to the Rash Cast with Jake and John. I'm Jake. And I'm John. So this is sort of a mid-spring training update. We came with you two weeks ago. I uh, didn't Jesse. feel a need to with Jesse Doggerty. Uh, we are the podcast that promises that if we have a guest on, we will pronounce their name correctly. And we did that with Jesse. Uh, very proud of ourselves. I'm very proud uh, of us too. But uh so, you know, spring training moves a little slowly. There's not always enough news to fill up a podcast episode every week, try as you might. So we, especially we like this year, off. especially this year when we can't even watch or listen to any of the games, like, you know, what are we going to talk about? Just like tweets. Yeah. Just tweets. Yeah. Uh, the, the Nats have, they're on television today. They were on Hooray. television March 4th. Uh, they're not on obviously Masson because Masson. There were some rumors that they might fail, they might uh, do four broadcasts later in the season, the spring season, but they haven't made that announcement yet. We're already midway through. They're only and that's have two off days between now and the end of spring training. There are only fourteen games left, so it's kind of late in the game. Yeah, I mean at this uh, point, just fuck it, just don't even do it. Yeah, I mean, that's how I generally feel about all massive broadcasts. Yeah. But, uh, so they're going to be on TV today on uh, AT&T Sportsnet Houston. A good thing we get that. Yeah, well, I mean, if you have MLB TV, you do get it. Yes, that's true. Tomorrow, they'll be on TV on uh, Fox Sports Midwest, and then on the 16th. No, no, isn't it Bali Sports now? Not yet. They haven't made the, the official switchover, and they're still using the Fox Sports logo and uh, graphics or bug. Yeah. Right. So I don't Body. know why that's happening. Also, the the Marlins still don't have a TV broadcaster for the season. No one's yeah. talking about that as the major issue, but it is. Hey, but uh, they'll have at least half stadium capacity. I don't think so. I think they're going with twenty five percent. It's twenty percent. Okay. Well, that's still full. Like that's full for that. Exactly. There were, yeah. uh, I think someone did the math, there were 30 home games in 2019 where they had drawn less than the, the capacity <laughs> cap. You can't even sell out. Right. Uh, anyway, uh, I could see, I could think that there are a couple of teams that will probably do better. The, like the, the Marlins, the Orioles uh, are doing a self-imposed and City of Baltimore imposed. 25% cap instead of the 50% cap that uh, the Maryland governor said they could do. Uh, but the funny thing was their average attendance was like 41% capacity in 2019. So they were like, if they sold every seat that they had sold at a 50% capacity, they would do better. Uh, they would do better than in 2019. That's anyway. So it's been sort of a, a hard to track or hard to follow, at least if you're a Nats fan, spring training. Uh, but because we care and because I've listened to the last couple games, we do still have some impressions of, what, of what's going on. Yeah. I mean, so I'll, I'll, I guess I'll start with my first impression is, you know, how good the rotation has looked for the most part. You know, big question mark coming into this year was with the age and, you know, Joe Ross missing a season, Steven Strasser pretty much missing the full season. 
you know, how will they bounce back? And so far they've looked really good. Scherzer's looked fantastic. I mean, his last start struck out what five or seven. What do you do? He struck out five and three innings. He went five and three innings, nine up, nine down. I mean, you can't ask for anything better than that. Um, Joe Ross looked really good last night. Uh, From what I've, Mize, I can't see what he's doing, but uh, right. uh, Patrick Corbin's looked pretty good so far. Strasburg may be a little bit down the velocity, but he's still building up that arm strength. So, so nothing too much of concern yet for him. But he still looked good in in his starts. He's working on that changeup, but he, as he says, like you know, in Florida, you can't get a good grip on the changeup. So nothing really to, nothing too much, you know, out of there. That I mean, outside of John Lester and that stuff is is you know terrifying for another reason. But, you know, outside of John Lester, the other four stars have looked really good so far this spring. Yeah, uh, I think given that, that, that this team basically runs through their rotation, uh, for the four pitchers who have pitched, it's been nothing but positive signs. Um, mm-hmm. The, you know, Scherzer, you were a little worried because of that ankle injury. He says he's 100% now. He looks 100%. Uh, he certainly looks it. Yeah. Right. I'm not, he'll, uh, I was nervous about Scherzer coming into the season, you know, being 37 and, and all, you know, even though his velocity got faster last year, you know, you never know what the guy is 37, but so far my, my worries have been a little bit, you know, quelled, I guess is the word I'm looking for. Uh, allayed. Allayed is probably a better word. Uh, uh, uh this takes us to the SAT portion of the Britney part of this. Yes. Uh, of the podcast. Um, but uh, yeah. anyway, yeah, I think that um, I, I, Scherzer is going to be, I, I'm not really that concerned about Scherzer anymore outside of the fact that, you know, anything can happen, but the Scherzer concerns that I had going into this don't really seem to be there for me anymore. And no, it's only a couple spring starts, yeah, I but mean, I think it's, it's a, it's a thing that you can see pretty quickly if, if it wasn't going to be right for him. Obviously, you know, it, it, where this team goes depends on, whether or not Scherzer is the guy he was 2015 through the pre-injury 2019, or whether he's the guy he was uh, from injury 2019 through 2020, which you know, is the difference between a guy with the ERA and the, the high to low, the high to mid twos versus a guy with an ERA and the high to mid threes, uh, whether he's an ace or not. Uh, and then the interesting thing about him in the sort of last, 18 starts other than the postseason uh, has been his walk rate's been really high um, mm-hmm. for him, at least, you know, three per nine, which in this day and age is not so high, but uh, it's high for him. Um, yeah. Uh, and it also is the kind of thing that keeps him from going deeper into games. Mm-hmm. So obviously not all of our questions can be answered by two spring starts, but from a health perspective, you know, he's, he was locating his fastball and his, his slider well in his last start. Um, I mean, he's, he's done basically everything you can ask out of the spring training start. Yep. Uh, and then Strasburg has looked healthy, if a little diminished in the velocity. You never know how much you can trust those readings. And I can remember in uh, spring training's past, Strasburg has sort of eased into it velocity-wise. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm not concerned there. Corbin's velocity has has ticked back up. Uh, he's looked pretty solid. Joe Ross hit 95 yesterday. Yeah, uh, he's I'm excited to see what jo- Ross can do. Up. I'm excited to see what Ross can do this year. Yeah, people forget 
how good Ross looked in his rookie year in 2015 and uh, was... uh, the first half of 2016. Yeah, and before the Tommy John injury. Right, before his, his UCL started fraying, he pitched through it for like a season. Uh, I mean, he hasn't really been healthy and no restrictions since the first half of 2016. Uh, he still has the potential of being very good. I mean, you worry a little bit about his non-slider secondary stuff. Uh, interestingly, in 2019, he was much better pitching out of rotation than he was out of the bullpen. Yeah, he was fantastic. I mean, in his last eight starts of the year, it was, if you look at his stats for 2019, it was terrible because he was pitching in the bullpen. He wasn't made for it. But his last eight starts of the year from August 2nd to September 29th, eight starts, 39 innings, a 2.75 ERA. He was very good, and it was at a very important time. You know, between yeah. him and Fetty, managed to hold the ship together before Scherzer got back. Uh, yeah, I mean, he he could be a very solid fifth starter. He's got yeah. very good stuff. His yeah. fastball velocity is back where it needs to be. Uh, the Nats may have a very good rotation. And uh, speaking of rotation updates, John Lester is throwing live batting practice. I, I don't know if he'll be ready to start the season, but it he won't be far behind. Won't. Yeah, exactly. He, uh, might, he might miss a start or two, but with early season, you know, the scheduling, you might not need him for a couple, like a week or two. I mean, I, I haven't right. been that schedule lately, but um, no, typically with the number of off days, you can go with a four man rotation for the first two weeks. I, the interesting thing will be whether or not the Nats want to do that, you know, given how sort of odd this season is coming off of last season. If yeah. They want to use the off days to keep their starters uh, innings lower. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know what they're going to do. Obviously, I don't know if they know what they're going to do at this point, because a lot of it depends on Lester's health. Uh, and this yeah, you is don't need baseball entry. Yeah, I'm just looking at the schedule now. Um, mm-hmm. You don't need a fifth starter until uh, I think like the 15th, if I'm right. Let me check. One, two. Keep talking. I'm stalling. Stall for me. Okay. I look this up. Uh, this is a great podcast. Yes. Uh, but yeah. Uh, obviously, with Lester, it's not a baseball injury. It's uh, he had a styroid removed or or part of it at least. So the answer is you don't need it until the 13th. There you go. So the Nats could go two full turns in the rotation without needing a fifth starter, and they might do that. I don't know. Uh, so the, the rotation has looked as good as you can sort of glean from a spring training where we haven't had any video of them. Uh, Strasser will be starting today and Scherzer tomorrow. So you'll be able to see those games on television. Uh, David Martinez has been asked a couple of times about whether or not that the fact that Scherzer is behind Strasburg in the spring training rotation means anything. He says, no. The answer is no. Don't worry about that. And what Scherzer would it mean? Just opening, opening day. day. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, Scherzer is going to start opening day. Don't worry yeah. about that. Uh, I'm very worried. That's a Jacob Rash guarantee. Thank you. Uh, I feel a lot less nervous about it now. Good. I'm glad to have allayed your concerns. Call that. The word of the day today is allayed. See how many times we can drop it in there. Is that the secret word? The secret word of the day. It's a secret word. It's a five-letter word. <laughs> yes. One you use Any- every day. <laughs> anyway, 
So that's the rotation. Anyone who listens to this podcast and also watched You Bet Your Life with Groucho Marx in the 1950s, I threw in a reference just for you. Anyway, that's it for the rotation. Now moving on to the bullpen. I mean, there's been a lot more questions about the bullpen than we thought uh, with Jeffers, Jeffries, Jeremy Jeffries. Jeremy Jarvis. Jeremy Jarvis. Jeremy Jeffries uh, now being off the team for undisclosed reasons. I think he probably did something pretty bad. I would assume. Yeah, no one seems to want to talk about it. But, like, it's pretty clear this was not for baseball reasons. And Mike Rizzo is pretty tight-lipped about it. So, Although Mike Rizzo is quick to turn on relievers. But it seems like this was a little quick. Yeah. Uh, Jeffries has a history. He's, He's committed domestic violence in the past. He's also gotten a DUI. We don't know what it was or if it was even one of those two. Maybe it's irresponsible to speculate, uh, but that's why we're a podcast and not actual journalists. Yes. Um, Could have been COVID stuff. Who knows? Who knows? We have no idea what happened, but we know that he's off the team now and it's not for baseball reasons. Uh, mm-hmm. And between that and, and Tanner Rainey has not pitched so far this uh spring training he's dealing with a triceps issue um so the nats had at the beginning of the spring training when they signed jeffries they had an idea for eight men in their bullpen uh or they had an idea of the eight guys they would carry in their bullpen they might want have wanted to carry one more but uh the eight were solid it was Hand, Hudson, Rainey, uh, Will Harris, uh, then Suero, Finnegan, 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 begin again, uh, Jeffries, and uh, either Clay? both or Fetty, probably both. Did we say no, Clay no, no, major league deal? We did give Sam Clay a. See, I don't know if he has a major league. It might be a major league deal. I think it's but major Sam league Clay deal. is around. Yes. Now that they are missing one and possibly two of those guys, uh, and the other problem with the Nats is that their bench doesn't really have a clear option beyond that fourth guy. And there, there's now this 26 man roster, which means they can carry nine relievers and still carry four position players. Uh, so they may be more inclined with the strain that the season might put on starting pitching to carry nine relievers at the beginning of the season. The problem is as of right now, they really only have five or six. They've got five relievers who are sure things. Not including rainy. They've got, well, so including rainy, They've got six relievers. Well, so they've got five relievers who are sure things, including Rainey. Uh, or not include. Never mind. Uh, the point is that given that they're going to be probably carrying a long reliever, probably both, given that both doesn't have options and Fetty does, uh, they, they have now six spots in their bullpen that are short things seven if rainy's healthy enough to pitch uh and i don't know what other directions they're thinking of going with it uh they could go with 
a Sam Clay, who they signed in this offseason, who I know nothing about. I know he was in Minnesota Twin at one point. He's pitched three innings this spring and has given up one hit with two strikeouts and only faced the minimum nine. You know, the, the interesting thing is that I can remember in spring trainings past when I was really wowed by a reliever in a like in 2014. Uh, Aaron Barrett made the opening day roster because he went into spring training and wowed people. Uh, maybe that's still happening, not on a fan level, uh, but I have gotten no impression of how the, the relievers are this year. Just yeah, I think also sample size. And also I think they play a lot of pump backfield games too. A lot of the relievers, you know, with the B games and stuff like that, just things that aren't yeah. even like and on anyone's radar. So yeah, I think it's going to be a lot of internal scouting and not things that fans can see with these guys. Like, how, right. I, I don't even know how TJ McFarland is doing this year. Like, McFarland's Long. pitched a lot in the big games or the, you know, the spring training, big league games. Uh, I don't know. He's, he's looked like himself. The guy has yes. been around forever and he has basically a league average ERA. He never strikes anyone out. He's a left handed reliever. Uh, who's been a long man at some points, so he might be a fit. Avilon uh, is a left-handed reliever who's out pitches a changeup, so he's not necessarily you know forced into that lefty one out guy role. Not that that exists anymore because of the new three batter role. Uh, mm-hmm. Sam Clay around is a guy pitch for the Twins. Don't know anything about him. Uh, he certainly exists. So there, uh, there, we have other options in that are not terrible options. Like the three Bobby options. Guerra, have, Bobby Guerra. I think Guerra probably will make the team if Rainey doesn't start. Yeah, I would because the Nets don't need multiple left-handed relievers with similar yeah. shortcomings to one another. Yeah. Uh, so they so, have the, they have the back two spots still open, especially if Rainey's not playing. Or three. They, or three thing. if they, they want to go with the a ninth relief. Yeah. Yeah. But that, that's the other problem with the fifth bench guy. Uh, you know, the bench right now looks like whatever catcher isn't starting, uh, probably Avila more than Gomes. Then uh, Stevenson, Harrison, and Zimmerman. Uh, Zimmerman, by the way, has looked very, very good. That was Josh Bell. That, not defensively, but, you know, what do you yeah, expect? Yeah. 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 Zimmerman has looked very good, which is – Great to hear. He's he's again, he's not that old. Uh, He's only 36 years old. He doesn't turn 37 until September 28th. So I don't know. He just, he seems a lot older than he is. But -hmm. anyway, so the Nets have those four bench options. And then behind that, they've really got nothing. You know, they've got like a bunch of hands. They got Stevenson, Harrison, Zimmerman, Avila. Avila. Avila, sorry. Avila. That's, I guess we got, if he's on the podcast, I'll get the name right. That's our guarantee. Right. That's, and if he's not, we will mispronounce his name to our heart's Exactly. Right. But um, yeah, I, I think with the bench, I would, I would like another bench option. Like, I don't know. We have a power hitting right hander on the bench, Zimmerman. We have two lefties on the bench with Avila, Avila, Avila. Just talking. Avila. Avila. I just, I, I trained myself for so long to say Avila because that's how I used to think it was pronounced for years. And that like was two never years correct. ago. 
Well, I, that's how I thought it was. And okay. I'm just retraining myself. But anyway, Avila. <laughs> it just sounds wrong. I'm sorry. Avila. Alex Avila. 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 The accent is on the first A. Okay. Alex Avila. Then we have Stevenson Harrison. So I would like another, like, you know, if we could get a lefty guy who could hit for a little power, but the, we don't really have any of those options. The guys who are really contention are Yosmani Tomas, who could play multiple positions. And then you have... No, he uh, can't play any position. Not any multiple positions. I was going to say not well. He's atrocious in the de- defensive he's legally. He's legally allowed to play the outfield. Yes. But, uh, but like, the reason why he's so it. bad is because his defense is terrible. But... uh He's worth, he's never put up a, a season that's been a league average because of his defense. Right. Even when he had an 820 OPS, he was still worth negative one win. He hit 31 homers that year and it didn't matter. Uh-huh. Pretty uh, incredible stuff there. But we Tomas is an option for us on the bench. Um Para, who hasn't played at all, is He's playing option. field games now. He's playing three innings. He's still got a knee problem. And again, he was Bad enough to get sent to the minor leagues in Japan last year. Yeah, it's not a great option. Not a great option for us. So there's not really any other options for the bench. So you could just go with another reliever, or you could look outside the organization for another guy. And right. this kind of brings us to our next point with Kibu. And yes, he's the other problem. He's the other problem child. Yeah, uh, it's been 21 plate appearances. Uh, he's four for 20 with a walk, uh, with a bloop triple and not a ton of hard hit balls from my, from what I can gather. Um, look, he's 23. It's 21 played appearances. He he's played poorly in his very limited time, but he's, he's too young to be on the hot seat as much as he is. But at the same time, this team is a contender right now, and they need someone who can produce right now, this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so and having a hole I, in your lineup like that won't help. I mean, right at a position like third base. So there are there are a couple of of options if the Nats want to go outside the organization for both third base insurance and uh, a bench hitting, you know, a right handed hitting power bat off the bench for 26th man right now michael franco uh the sweet stakes if you can call them that are heating up it seems like he's going to go to an nla's team as the nats haven't been in the conversation uh so they've got franco they've got uh jed Jerko. Jerko is also yeah. a free agent he's sort of a very similar player um the Nats, if they had the money in the budget for Jeremy Jeffries at $2.25 million, they have the money in the budget for a Franco or for a Jerko. Uh, I don't know if they're considering it, but it's, you know, I was, I was very in on them taking the money they spent on hand and instead spending it on a Jerks and Profar, Kike uh, Hernandez type, someone who could, be that guy off the bench who could play multiple positions. Now, Hernandez wanted to play one position, so he sort of took himself out of that sweepstakes. But uh, I wanted the Nats to shore up 
third base surreptitiously in the back door while still giving Kibum a chance to succeed. Uh, but they didn't. But they still have options to sort of do that. Uh, mm-hmm. And even if those guys aren't good enough to take over third base on a full-time basis, the Nats have no options as their, their fifth bench bat. So they couldn't be worse than what they have, which is Jake Knoll, Harada Para, and a whole lot of nothing. Yep. So, I, I mean, I would like them to get one of Jerko or Franco. I don't feel confident. I mean, I've never been a huge Keyboom fan, as if listeners of this podcast know. Um, regular <laughs> listeners know. I mean, we, I guess we have some regular listeners, our, our parents. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I'm not a huge Keyboom fan. I'd like an insurance option, especially because it's such an important season for the Nats. You know, important in the sense that like this could be one of the last years with Scherzer and, you know, who knows what's going to happen next year with baseball in general. So get a third baseman right. and just have, I don't know. I, I just don't feel comfortable with Kibu as my only option there. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the truth is that if you stick with Kibu and that, like, I, I think they're, they're doing the right thing in playing Kibu at the start of the season. They need to know yeah. if they can sink or swim. Um, they need 20, to know if they have... Right, he's 23. He's 23 now. Like, he needs... Like, this is, like, about the time where he'd come up anyway. And they need to know if, you know, with this team, with its top-heavy roster construction, they need to know if, you know, heading into the season when they might want to extend Turner and extend Soto, they need to know if they're going to have a cost-controllable piece at their bits. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I get all of that. Uh, but the truth is that if they don't add anyone to the roster and Keyboom struggles, they don't have any other options but to stick with him until the trade deadline. Uh, so that's, you know, three plus months. And they, they can be a competitive team, even if Keyboom is a black hole, but it's going to be a lot harder for them. And this division is really good and there's not a ton of room for error. So, uh, we'll see. Yeah. But I think it would be a good idea to invest a little bit of money into some sort of backup strategy. Yeah, I agree. Well, I think that's it for us today. Uh, I think that's all I want yep. to talk about spring training stuff. Uh, unless anything right. big happens, the next episode we'll do is our season preview. Yeah. So, That'll probably be in about two weeks, so stay tuned for that, and we'll be back then. But until then, go Nats. Watch as many games as you can because they're not that many. Right. All right. Bye-bye. Bye.